Stockworks and Lattes with Laura Coote and Wayne McEntee. Hello and welcome to Stock Whips and Lattes. Hope you are well. Stock Whips and Lattes is the great rural podcast with fantastic yarns from hard case rural punters. Now this week we've lost Laura Coote. She's up north. She's gone to Northland. Yeah, all the way from Queenstown, all the way up to Northland. She's uh, enjoying some sun. She'll be enjoying the temperature a bit, I'd say, given the weather that's uh, hitting the south at present. So she's enjoying her honeymoon and, um, and gallivanting around the beaches of the far north. So uh, what have we got for you this week? This week we've got Jim Hoare. Now, Jim is back down Laura's way. Uh, he's been farming in the Maniatoto, a, a block called Stonehenge. Now, that's been in Jim and the Hoare family for over 100 years. Um, his son, Andrew, is now running Stonehenge, and his, and his son, Charlie, farms just down the road. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to having a chat with Jim um, here at Stock Whips and Lattes. So we've been gifted a little bit of gold because not only do we have Charlie Hoare up here in Auckland, but we've also got his father, Jim Hoare. Um, and Jim joins us now, which you know is an absolute, absolute little uh, chestnut that we've got you here, Jim. Um, what do you think of the big smoke? You- oh, I don't like too many people around. It's all right, just a quick bloody browse and away again. <laughs> in, and, in and out? In and out? In and out, yeah. I hope the plane's not broke, broken down when we get home today, hopefully. <laughs> Hey, um, so Jim, I've got a couple of questions for you because you know this is a show where we, we can kind of canvas, if you like, the rural ways in, in the rural world, but also you know we've got a lot of urban listeners out there as well, so, so they're interested in what's going on in country, but also vice versa. You know, People that live in the country want to know what these aliens do in, in, in town and, and why, they, uh, why they're so critical of the food, that's, the food and fibre that's growing. Um, for them on behalf. So the New Zealand farmer does all that good stuff and then all of a sudden in the media they're uh, victimised because of, um, you know, sort of the way they treat animals and, um, you know, the way they treat the environment. Does that sort of... If I was a farmer, and I'm not a farmer, but if I was a farmer, that would really annoy me that people were so ungrateful for uh, for the produce that you produce. Is that frustrating for you, Jim? It is. During the COVID, it wasn't for the farmers, the country would be broke. And we've got all these buggers and push bikes riding up and down through the central target to see something wrong and they report us. All yeah. bullshit. They yeah. don't know what they're talking about. It wasn't us growing food for the country. We wouldn't know bugger here at the moment. No, I agree. There's, New Zealand's based on primary produce and uh, and that's what's going to power the economy out of um, out of any depression we feel from COVID. So, so I mean, if there was one thing you could say to those those urbanites, those ungrateful urbanites, what would it be? Just keep your bloody nose out and let us keep doing what we're good at. <laughs> <laughs> and keep Uni, Sage and David Parker locked behind closed doors so they're not helping the farmers at all. Yeah. No, they're not helping farmers at all. But um, so, Jim, I'm down in Southland. I'm a, I guess you call it a part-time farmer and part-time do lots of other bits and pieces as well. But the other half of the puzzle that I think you know, as an industry we need to work on is selling our lifestyle and showing the good stories. So as an example, Google is used all the time these days. So if um, someone in the city hears something bad about a certain station, the first thing they're going to do is Google it. And if there is nothing up there except for that terrible newspaper article, there's no other information to counteract it. Whereas if they Google it and then Charlie Hoare's Instagram comes up and there's photos of him on his horse 
getting some stragglers off the hill, the beautiful scenery, um, you know, a little, you know, something just to counteract it. I think that would help a lot. You know, I think farmers need to get a little bit better at telling the good stories to counteract the bad ones because at the end of the day, we're a minority. There's only 16% of us that actually live in the country. That's very hard to counteract when we're so few. I agree. I think when farmers are resilient and do what you're doing down south, like Laurie Paz and them, and bloody gang up and just do what we do. Just all these new rules are completely buggering farming. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, it's one thing to bring in, say, these, these freshwater legislations on flat paddocks and tents of land, but if you've got 15,000 acres of hill country, it's not even remotely realistic to adhere to these new regulations. And I think I'd like to see um, a couple of those ministers come out and spend a day on the hill with me, actually. Well, you can bring them down our way. You won't take them up. We could bloody hardly walk yourself. It's just ridiculous trying to fence off these waterways. It's impractical. Farmers yeah. will go broke. Okay, so take us back, Jim, when you were a young farmer. So you grew up on, was it your parents' farm? Yeah, I'm third generation. Third generation. And you stepped into the role you know, more hands-on, stock manager type role at what age? 20. At 20. Married, so Married at 23. Married at 23. And yeah. did you get married so you can have farm slaves? <laughs> no, no, I had bloody two or three young ones, all young ones, and most of them all successful. All, yeah. got, all got their own farms now and they still keep, wherever they go, they all go back to where the, the bloody reunion. You'd be surprised how many of our farm workers turned up. We had a 100-year reunion there nine years ago. So take us back to your day-to-day -day life as a 20-year-old stock manager on a farm. What was life like back then? What were some of the bigger challenges and what were some of the biggest highlights for you at that age? Getting out of bed to milk a bloody cow before breakfast was number one. The old man <laughs> made us do that and separate the milk from the cream. The biggest thing in those days was we had big blocks and they'd have so many to muscle because no, everything was just... When I come home, there's only three blocks in our farm, and it's all fenced up into ten now, ten blocks. Diversified farming's changed a lot. And Jim, just on that, you know, like, I mean, it's it's well advertised that, um, you know, there's a there's a rural mental health problem. You know, like people, the stresses are. Um, are they more now than when you started out? I, I mean. The outcomes for rural people and, and mental health are poor. What do you, what's what's the contributor to that? Well, I shouldn't say there's most married bloody school teachers down the way and they didn't like farming anyhow and they've talked the families out of being farmers. There's only a, just the old real backbone buggers left. Yeah. So it's outside people coming in that can't handle the jandle. Can't handle the bloody jandle. Early hours, late days, cold weather. Yeah. Just can't, they're not used to it. They've got to be born and bred on the land to do any bloody good. Do you know what? I actually think there is something in that. You know how, um, Charlie, you and I were talking earlier, and, and I joked that I don't actually like people and I'm quite happy being <laughs> on my own. Um, there's a bit of truth in that. And I think when you are brought up on a farm and you just get very comfortable and very used to your own company and you find pleasure and satisfaction out of just being outside and, and you know, performing manual tasks and... You know, you don't need that constant socialising. And there is probably a lot of truth in what you're saying, Jim, that if you're brought up on the land, you probably are quite happy in your own company, whereas if you're coming from 
the town and surrounded by lots of people your whole life and then you're put in a more isolating country situation, mentally that could really take a toll because it's a completely different way of living your life. I agree with you. Just, it takes two or three years to get used to the style. Mm. And a lot of them can't handle it. Yeah. In my day when I left school, we had two or seven cricket teams in Manitoba. Now you hardly get one. Same with the rugby. There's no one employing young staff. They won't come home and work in the land. All wanting to be the bosses and starting a big wage and just can't do it. Mm. Okay, so what advice, Jim, would you give to a a young farmer coming out um, on farm and B, a town person wanting to go on farm. So what advice would you give to each of those people? Find, talk around the area and get a, go to where there's been a successful farm and get a decent job and start from the bottom and work up. Yeah, hard, not, hard, hard work going. ethic beats yeah. talent, eh? Yeah, if you're keen on it, you'll make a go of it. If you're not, you might as well not even start. Good, good, wise words, Jim. Good, wise words. Start from the bottom. And get stuck in. Everybody with a good wants, attitude. Everybody wants to be a boss today. You've got to start on the bottom work up like we did. I started on eighteen dollars a bloody week when I was married, rearing, rearing two kids and I was still here, bought more land and still going. So still do if you want to work hard. Good on you, Jim. Hey, appreciate your time today, mate. It's uh that's all we've got time for. We're getting thrown out of the studio. <laughs> oh, oh, here you come down mustering, being mustard's cook, you better better cook a decent feed. <laughs> I pride myself on my bacon and eggs, Jim. I look forward to serving you a bit of uh, bit of kai in the morning. Steak for tea. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, Jim. Thanks, Thanks very much Jim. for your time.